0: It's almost time. Time for Halloween Fright. A Halloween night. Where no one comes home.
1: For the first time on TV, Halloween 3. Happy Halloween. Season of the Witch. A debut network special presentation. Coming up
0: next.
2: I'm, uh, I'm all washed up. Are you guys all washed up from the. Is.
1: What's that? Washed up? Oh, from. Yeah, from the, the pumpkin carving? Yeah, I'm just gonna go put these pumpkin seeds in the oven so we can have some baked,
2: baked pumpkin oh. in a second. Roast them, bro. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's. Uh, Johnny, do you feel good with what you just carved in this in our three way? I feel
3: I feel good about it. I feel yeah. good. Uh, it's usually not my thing, but uh, I've had more fun today doing this with you guys than I have in, in months. Wow, yeah.
2: that's great. Yeah, I mean we we had a clean room where we each carved our pumpkins for our jack o' lantern contest, and yeah. it's just the three You're... of us, and <laughs> we're the three judges, and you can't yeah. vote for yourself. Yeah so right
1: <laughs> i mean i'm not gonna lie david your unicorn was pretty awesome looking
2: oh, thank you <laughs> i tried my best it was uh no the first time without a stencil so i don't even I'm know how you sucked. did it
1: without horn that was pretty cool
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's some pumpkin magic it's 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 that time of year it's the halloween magic
3: the shocktober yeah. fest magic it's, and yep. it's it's Shocktober here at Reconsenimation. It's uh, it's your favorite time of year, David, right? Oh my God! Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely. So I I I hate to drag you away from the pumpkin carving contest, but it's you know we got a show to do. So yeah, it's uh, we can't delay it any longer. Okay, yeah, no my more fun and my games. alarm, my calendar alarm kept going off. So yeah, let's just get this over <laughs> with. <laughs> Well, welcome back to Recon Cinemation, everybody. I am John Diner. And I'm Dave Munchak.
1: And I'm Brent Hutchins.
3: Well, we're always happy to have you. It's uh this is the time of year As the director of the Voorhees Institute, uh, here at Recon Cinema Studios. Uh, you know, you have to be a part of this. So and and this is this is a we have a big episode today. We've yeah. actually had a big month all month long. Mm. Yeah. We, uh, do you guys have fun looking back at the Fred Decker movies earlier this month? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, most definitely. I, yeah, Night of the Creeps and Monster Squad. Uh, those are, you know, we, we, we covered those a few weeks ago. So right. if you haven't checked those out already, uh, go to www.reconsidermation.com and check those out. Uh, and, you know, last week we looked at Nightmare on Elm Street 1. Uh, that is the 1983 version, the original. Uh, and I, I look forward to kind of going down that route as the, the years and years on our our uh, 50-year contract continue uh-huh. uh, for this show So <laughs> and we've got a big one here today, of course. Yes, they're all big <laughs> Yeah, that's right. They're, they're all big everyone. It's all epic <laughs> uh, Yeah, so Let's get into it. It is the it is uh, it is Halloween time, so of course we are going to continue our annual look at the Halloween franchise. And uh, who's up to bat? Who's up to bat this year, Brent? Who? What? What a movie are we doing?
1: Oh well, uh, I was not able to join in the first two Halloween Halloween movies, but I am super stoked to be here for this one, Halloween Three: Season of the Witch. Which, if you haven't seen it doesn't have Michael Myers in it at all. So what's up with that?
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, pause it pause this podcast right now. Go watch it and then come back because it's gonna be this is gonna be spoiler filled. So yeah. look out. As usual.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah we don't do that often
3: here. Yeah we don't spoil anything. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh it's funny because this this uh this movie is probably in a strange way maybe the most talked about of the Halloween franchise besides the original, not well. I get that. H two O. It's <laughs> <laughs> no, not H two O. Not Resurrection. Okay, and we don't talk about those Rob Zombie ones at all. Yeah, so. yeah those are. <laughs> it's this
1: weird. Well, yeah, I could see why people would talk about this one. I think the first uh, question would be, what What just happened? What did I just watch? What's going on? <laughs> huh? Sorry, I might be, yeah. I might be, well, a, I might be a lone wolf on this opinion, but uh, this movie ooh. is a little, little strange for me. It's strange. Okay, this is a yeah. strange movie. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that's that. I don't feel like that's a very bold statement. I think absolutely, it's a strange no. movie. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I get gotcha. it. Yeah, get it.
3: it's, it's. It's different, and uh, and we're gonna talk about what makes it different, why it stands out, and you know what works against the movie because obviously there's a lot of expectations going into it. Um, but it, it was interesting to look at it again now and see how how time has kind of changed things for Halloween three. Mm. But um, but we'll start with our usual segment. What what are David? We'll start with you. What's the first time you remember either? hearing about or you know halloween 3 when did it first come on your radar
2: um way back when uh my 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 childhood friends uh, who always watched the horror movies that i didn't care for um and describing you know they sort of set the table for me about the three major franchises and you know revealing to me that you know halloween is like the best movie and then you know halloween 3 doesn't even have michael myers in it And then, uh, you know, so I was like, what the guy, the guy's not even in the movie. They're like, yeah, it's totally different. And I was like, that's crazy. Why'd they do that? And I don't think they had a good explanation. Um, so I, I was aware of this, uh, for I'd say going on 30 plus years. Um, but of course it never was something I was going to pop in the VCR until it was time for our, our, our deep dive in the Shocktoberfest, uh, to for me to but wit- to bear witness of the glory, that is Halloween three.
3: I like how you just name drop the VCR, like you still yeah. have one, and and like you you frequently pop things into it. You don't, yeah. I old oh faithful. Man. No, I do. Of course, I do. Yeah,
2: but I'm always popping things in the VCR. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, John still pops things as long into as the it works. Disc. It's it's yeah. it's not good unless it has low resolution,
3: 320p type uh what <laughs> uh you know and and by The by tracking you gotta mm-hmm. adjust the tracking every so often and mm-hmm.
2: yeah absolutely and i <laughs> and i i watch it on a like a, a, a standard uh, crt monitor uh yeah small or, small or, monitor too mm-hmm. yeah it's it's 12 inch
3: yeah it's got no bigger it's got don't, a radio any bigger
2: Got a radio built into it. Yeah, I don't go big in that. But anyway, do, so yeah. Does it
3: have color? And can you change the channels on the dial on the TV?
2: Uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a little a little turn thing. It, it only goes up to channel twelve, I think. But okay. it, it works. The color only comes in. Perfect.
1: Tr- the color only comes in strong when you wrap the tinfoil around the antenna.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how I enjoy most of my media. Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes it's it. It's the best way then, to
3: do it, really. Yeah. <laughs> you really get the granular texture of everything when you watch it that way. Yeah. So yeah. something
1: Scandic. about it <laughs>
2: feels cool. <laughs> it's
3: so... Uh Brent, what about you? Uh when did uh, Halloween three enter the, the house of Hutchins?
1: Uh you know, I, I remember watching it um when I was younger, sometime like in the late eighties, early early nineties I'm sure, but I uh, I don't know that I knew that it was a Halloween movie when I saw it back then, uh, and it wasn't until probably college, probably a conversation that you and I had at some point about it where I was like, oh shit, that that's Halloween 3? Like, that's a Halloween movie? Like, what, what gives? Yeah. And then I never again thought about it until earlier this week when I watched it uh, for this podcast, and... Um, yeah it uh you know that'll probably be the last time i see it only because you know i was hoping (laughs) for like some kind of like like man this is like a great cult kind of thing similar to what happened to me when when i was uh uh gifted the opportunity to watch night of the creeps and i just this one didn't do it for me
3: all right well i I'm, i'm curious to hear more as we get into it, like what isn't working for you? Because I kind of have the opposite reaction. But, okay, um, cool. But we'll 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 get into that. Sure, absolutely. I remember. I I actually didn't even remember hearing about this movie at all till like somewhere in the early nineties. Like the Halloween movies were they were pumping them out. Like four four and five had come out, and I remember thinking as like maybe I don't know I was maybe eleven or twelve. um like there's Halloween 1, Halloween 2, there's Halloween 4 and 5. Like did they ju- did they not make a Halloween 3? It was just like not anywhere on my radar at all. Like I don't remember seeing it um you know in the video stores. It was like it was the the movie that people were ashamed of it seemed like and it was just like hidden away and and tried to be knocked out of existence but um and then when I did hear about it, and of course, like the first thing you hear is is it's a Halloween movie without Michael Myers, I uh, like boycotted it. I was I loved uh, by the time I was in fifteen or sixteen, I was very into the Halloween franchise, and I was like, no way, like I, nobody should watch it, forget it. Um, and I made went out of my way to not watch the movie. I think when I worked at Suncoast too, I would like do you know uh, cuz the Halloween 3 was in the 999 section so i i think i would like put other movies in front of it so no one would even see it <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i was unnecessarily angry at this movie without having even seen it yeah you had a hardline but, um, stance
2: that <laughs> you're not even sure what you're against that's a, i love that you're you're protecting the michael yeah. myers brand
3: i love it yeah um but yeah i i but about 6 or 7 years ago suddenly there were, people were starting to talk about it though i think after its um either a blu-ray release or the scream factory dvd came out that people it was kind of like night of the creeps that we talked about in that episode that suddenly people were taking another look at it and were kind of coming around on it that it wasn't as bad uh as people remembered or were giving it a, uh, unnecessarily giving it a bad rap and and it certainly had that you know, all the way, I mean, still through now, really. But, um, I don't know. I think there's a lot more love for it out there in the horror community. There's, uh, there's people who really champion this one as, as one of the best of the franchise, believe it or not. That's, um, uh, what, uh, that's the word that's out there. I will. Uh, so I want to get into exactly where we feel like this one ranks in, in the Halloween movies that at least we've seen so far.
1: I will take a white glove to anybody's chin who wants to stand and have that (laughs) argument with me about this movie.
2: Interesting.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's so different too. I mean, that's the thing is, is this, this movie is much less really a part of the Halloween franchise and owes a lot more to invasion of the body snatchers more than really more than Halloween.
1: Yeah. I
3: mean,
1: uh, yeah. Just to, just to put it out there, the first issue that I have with this is the fact that they call it a Halloween movie, right? Now, I understand. I agree. I understand that the original idea between the, of the Halloween movies is that, that the series was going to be more of an anthology type where each new entry into the franchise was a different story. But they should have tossed that whole idea out when they decided to make Halloween 2 and still include Michael Myers. And at this right. point, you've created right. one of, you know, the greatest, one of the greatest Halloween icons or or horror franchise icons in Michael Myers. And you're going to do this movie that doesn't have anything to do with him under the same title, Halloween three, without any of the context of it needing to be uh, or, or the original idea of these ep- movies being different uh, storylines. I mean, it just doesn't it it it's just a bad idea. Like for me, like it just doesn't work at all. Like you should have, like if you would have taken this movie and made this movie, not a Halloween movie, but I mean, if you even put it in the, uh, body snatchers franchise, you know, like that may have worked better. I still don't think it's a very good movie, even with that being said, but like the fact that you label it a Halloween movie, just because it takes place at Halloween. Like I get that, but like, this is not what people have come to expect when you say, this is a Halloween movie like I don't I'm not in for it. I'm not sold. I don't mm. like it.
2: Whoa. Whoa. Right that's out my, the gate. That's Gone my
1: opinion. There's my there's my white glove shots fired. Go ahead, John. <laughs> what do you got?
3: <laughs> no, I'm I'm actually on board with that. Uh, I, I will say that I actually really enjoyed the movie. I and this was the first time I'd seen it. Um, mm-hmm. i had seen pieces of it here and there, but this was the first time I had watched it all the way through. Um I really, really liked it quite a lot. But I think I agree with you that they did a complete disservice to to the movie itself by calling it Halloween three. I mean, exactly what you said, just by them having made Halloween two, they should have known they couldn't call this Halloween three. It's a completely different. I mean, it's almost like a completely different time, you know, universe, because if you you know, if you closer attention to this movie you can see that Halloween is a movie that exists within this within this story yeah so that is a fictional story that they're watching on TV yeah so absolutely that's it's like... weird to yeah it's weird to tie it in and and you know even if they called it Halloween see you know colon season of the witch I could even maybe get on board with that but by calling it Halloween 3 you're just you're Screwing the movie because you're completely indicating that it is a continuation of the Michael Myers storyline, yeah. which it is not at all.
1: Yeah, it's hmm. a very confused attempt at trying to. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, we'll, I, we'll continue to talk about it. I have other problems with the movie, but th- that that yeah. that to me just like sets the tone already. I'm like, this is screwy, you know? Like, this is huh. all very right. screwy. So. And it continues for the next, what, 88 <laughs> minutes or however long this movie <laughs> is.
2: <laughs> that, this is an interesting stance well, the, to take, though. I mean, so I'm like, I'm less on board with Brent's take because I'll, here's why. This movie came out mm-hmm. before you'd have any consciousness of the movie or, or that you'd see it, right? Like, I mean, like you were a kid when you came out. It's not like you were going to the theater in 1983 to see Halloween, I assume. Right. right? So you're Uh like, I get the idea of like, it's not a Halloween movie that makes that I agree with. True. It's not because of the Halloween, too. But it's like it's being protective of a brand that like doesn't even like matter for. And I say this as someone who doesn't give a shit about this stuff. So like, obviously, I'm biased. (laughs) Like, I don't care what it but it doesn't make sense. Like it shouldn't be Halloween three. I, I'm actually in very much of agreement. I don't think that takes away from the film at all. Like for what it is, like okay. this movie is. Okay. Is <laughs> I'm just saying, like, <laughs> okay. I just say it. Like oh, here comes Halloween so go...
1: three. Season of the witch. Where the fuck are the witches? There's no witch. It's a bunch of friggin' robot, android, yeah. weirdos, man. Like this is this movie yeah. is like it's wild.
0: Fucked.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a misleading title that, yeah. you know, sets up these expectations that that so you're already, you know, the movie's already, you know, going going uphill. Um it's it's was screwed to begin with. It really was. Yeah. I mean, you could have called it just called I don't yeah, but I yeah, I guess that makes sense. Even Season of the Witch is not the, necessarily the best title for this movie either. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, it's uh yeah, they did. They want The goal here was to move it away, move the franchise away from Michael Myers, and this is at the same time where Friday the 13th is really taking off with the Jason Voorhees character. Nightmare on Elm Street is right around the corner, um, and this one is trying to step away from that and create this anthology series where you could make, every Halloween, you could make a separate story that is about the holiday itself, about Halloween, and then you could have your own separate sequels on those individual storylines. But the title itself—it actually refers to the three—the the Halloween three, the three masks in the movie. That's right. that is also what the title is referencing. Yet it is unclear.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. And what are the masks? It's a jack-o'-lantern. It's a skeleton. And what's the third one?
3: The the green witch face. It's, yeah, the Green Witch. Uh, yeah. At
1: least it is a witch. All right, that's fine. Fine. Oh, I stand down.
2: You. you... <laughs> no, no. I, I, I think you're you're on point with it. Like, I get, I get it. I, I, I mostly agree with you. Um, but yeah. It, what did they when they released it though? Like, is season of the witch like retroactively added on, or was this no? Like, did they market it as season of the witch at all, or was it always just yeah? Halloween that, that was green?
3: always the that was that was always the title it was a reference to a uh, a george romero film from i believe in the late 60s called season of the witch um, oh interesting and what, was, you know, and, what, and that what was, was
1: what was that movie about
3: i've never seen that so yeah, I, I don't i don't know for sure but the, it, it, they you know they're they're inferring to witchcraft but they're still it, the title is is misleading
2: yeah that's interesting
3: yeah, Carpenter and Deborah Hill were were done with you know they really only set out to make Halloween one. It obviously was a huge movie, and they got kind of pulled back in to do Halloween two, and same thing. Halloween two is a hit, and now you know with Friday the Thirteenth going, they want to keep this franchise moving. So Mustafa Akkad, who's the producer and you know the distributor at this point, can wants to continue it and and uh, you know ropes them sort of back into doing it with the caveat that they will end the Michael Myers storyline and that they would go in a new direction. You know, therein they made the mistake of mistitling it. But uh, initially they were going to have, Joe Dante was, was, I don't know if he was signed to direct or he was just, um, you know, in the creative conversations for a while. But Mm -hmm. I'm curious what a Joe Dante version of this movie would have been.
1: Yeah, I mean, this was what Tommy Lee Wallace ended up directing this, and it was his right. Was this his first gig.
3: Yeah, well, Tommy Lee Wallace was a was a John Carpenter guy. I mean, they went to USC together. He was the art director on on uh, Dark Star and Assault on Precinct Thirteen. He was the uh, production designer and the editor for Halloween and the Fog, and he was offered to direct Halloween 2, but had some creative issues with the story and I think disagreed with where they were taking that that storyline. So he turned that down and then <laughs> regretted it because it was like that was going to be his big de- directorial debut. And he didn't know if he'd get another shot or if he'd piss Carpenter off. Uh, but they did uh, turn around and offer Halloween 3 to him when Joe Dante, I think, had some scheduling conflicts and stepped away from the project.
1: Well, I definitely think that, by john carpenter giving this movie to tommy lee wallace it answers the question as to whether or not he was pissed off at him of course he was this movie sucks <laughs> this was
3: carpenter's revenge for him turning down halloween 2 he made him do halloween 3
1: yeah no i'm kidding with that one but yeah I, I i i like tommy lee wallace i mean mostly from from it but i just think man this i don't know this movie had a lot going on and i don't think it really fit together very well
0: hmm
2: mm-hmm they may as well have called it halloween 3 trip to mars <laughs> like, yeah
3: just this, <laughs> exactly
2: right right <laughs>
3: uh yeah. halloween 3 vampires yeah. <laughs> yeah yes vampires everywhere
1: it's it's one of those it's in that camp as far as i'm yeah. concerned
3: yeah yeah um the uh the initial writer they hired was Ni- a writer by the name of Nigel neal who had written uh the Quatermass mass experiment um which was you know a horror movie in years and years previously uh i believe it was in the early sixties i haven't seen that in forever i haven't seen that brent we were in that horror uh cinema class right back yep. at uh, the college of santa fe
1: yep yep was yeah. that did I we think
3: that was the did we watch that because i was we at, at least saw clips of it. Uh, I think I may have seen it separately, but it's been a really long time. But I was going to say, it a, definitely um, Nigel familiar. Neal was, uh, yeah. Well, we definitely studied the movie, yeah. or, or at least you know certain segments of it. But um, he was hired by uh, Mustafa Akkad to write the script, and he kind of came up with the general idea of a toy maker who wants to restore Halloween to its or its true. Um, origins and uh, you know I think I I don't know how Tommy Lee Wallace says that like 60% of that script is what you see on screen so Mm -hmm. a lot of it came from Nigel Neal's script but then of course Carpenter uh, came in did a rewrite and Nigel Neal stepped away from the project he thought it was too gory to you know I think he wanted a more psychological Uh, story so he had his name removed from the project and tommy lee wallace did one i think fairly small rewrite on carpenter's draft but tommy lee wallace gets the credit as written and directed by so it's it seems like it's all tommy lee wallace's creative vision when that is not and not necessarily the case
0: Hmm.
1: got
2: it so there were the okay So it wasn't all, uh, he was, this is not his
3: brainchild exclusively. There's a lot. He just, no, I mean, he didn't, right. This wasn't, he didn't come up with this idea. He was, it was basically done by the time he even got into the picture, uh, as far as from a a story standpoint. Um, So, and, and he was eager to really get his, uh, directing uh you know his for his directorial debut in so he was by this point ready to just do almost whatever carpenter had so right. huh. um, yeah. and carpenter i think at this point was doing the thing so he 's you know off obviously making that uh classic uh and has all these other scripts and ideas that he 's working on so he 's getting his his group you know his his uh club uh working on it so Hmm. Um this I, movie, too, it's... No, oh, go ahead, Brent.
1: Well, I was just going to say, there, there again, I feel like if if John Carpenter is distracted at this time making the thing, it, it explains to me even more so how this movie came to be and why it's so, like, discombobulated and doesn't work. Because I don't think John Carpenter was really all that involved at all then. Because he was busy doing other things. Huh. Like, I just...
3: Well yeah, I don't, think, uh, <clears throat> I don't think he was really that involved with the shoot. He uh, I believe he stepped back in and post, um, kind of like he did with Halloween 2. Uh, but I, you know, I don't know. I disagree with you. I actually think this movie really feels like a carpenter movie. I mean, it's shot, it's shot by Dean Kundi, who is Carpenter's uh, main cinematographer of his early years and his best films. Uh, But uh, it's lit like a Carpenter movie. It's framed like a Carpenter movie. I feel like I felt like they did a good job with the suspense and the tension. Um, But yeah, it's again another misleading thing that this is not a slasher movie at all Mm -hmm. um, in, in any respect. So again, you're coming in with the expectations of that just on name alone. And that's a major problem here.
1: Yeah, for sure. I don't I don't know like aside from there's only like one I don't know the, the there's like one kill in the whole movie which I think is like is pseudo decent so like I don't know like I I feel like in Carpenter movies the kind of the gore and the uh kills and the suspense that's attached to those are always really really well done and for me like just starting out like the opening scene where the guy's running through the junkyard and pulls the tire blocks mm-hmm. and his little Android guy like gets crushed between the two cars. is like, it's just super weak. And then like, I don't know. The, the only one that really works for me is when I think it's the first time we see the, the, the heads explode in the mask and that lady's face is all just like gnarled up and you know, like that one, I was like, all right, that's that w- rad, but, where did the laser beams come from? And then why is there a, like a murder hornet coming out of her face? Like, I don't know, man. Like, it's just like, what is going on? Like, there's just like a lot of very not well put together, I think, ideas that they just tried to throw in there to like shock people with things. And it just, I don't know, I like suspense, maybe certain things building up, but like the payoffs were, mm-hmm. were I think, pretty bogus
3: it's a little i'll give you that it's it's uh it's a little more than a little complicated i mean (laughs) you get this early on you see this you know news report that one of the one of the um rocks from stonehenge has been is missing now suddenly yep that's just kind of a throwaway thing that is one of the most important things of the plot later on yeah that um uh, Cochran, who is the head of this, uh, the Silver Shamrock toy company, um, or mask company. Uh, well, no, it's a toy company, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's just a, a toy distributor. And, um, he is actually like a 4,000 year old demon that is trying to, he's been waiting for the planets to realign, uh, so that they can activate the true powers of Stonehenge, which is like, uh, <laughs> You know we'll activate these lasers into these uh these microchips that they've had put on all of the masks, so by getting all the kids to put all the masks on at the same time when the chip is activated, we'll turn the kids into insects, which will then the insects will then kill the adults, and they will rule the world going forward with a with an army of robots so that's yeah that's Cochrane's master plan here which is super sound clear. me telling it is uh super clear uh, come yeah very uh i don't know very it's gonna come out very cheesy i actually <laughs> you know it's a co- overly complicated plot but i thought that the, the way they did the tension and the suspense throughout and following it through tom atkins character dr dan chalice uh, I I was with it. I was on board. Your straight summary of that of this
2: movie and just that you just did right now sounds as good as almost any hor- 80s horror movie I I would care to see. <laughs> but that that sounds that, yeah. that's like that, this is like every this is like I'm I feel like an old man that says all the rock music sounds the same. This sounds like all, <laughs> all of this sounds like any shitty movie like and I mean, I, and the thing is I really like this movie. <laughs> like I thought it was it was it was fine like i and again because i have no attachment to the halloween franchise you know uh you know i i can kind of just ease into it but this is as good as this is good as anything else out there that people especially the cult favorites that people enjoy you know what i mean like okay you know like what you like but this is no better or worse than any for for most of that for me as far as i'm concerned yeah
3: (laughs) Yeah, 80s horror movies, like, the plots, even for the good 80s horror movies, like, the plots are crazy and weird and just out of left field, some of them. But, I mean, even, you know, we talked about that with Night of the Creeps, these weird mixture of genres and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know plot elements like aliens and zombies and right. uh, You know, John Hughes (laughs) elements. So I think, um, I think the
1: difference between night of the creeps and this, and I think Tom Atkins is actually great in both. I think Tom Atkins is good in Halloween three, but I think what, what works for me in night of the creeps is that it, that movie is not taking itself serious. Like it, it like it's meant to be a horror comedy. So watching it, you know, 30 years after the fact, like that translated to me a lot better than Halloween 3, which sure, if I'd have seen it when I was younger and like actually been paying attention, and like it might hold up a little bit better in a different way. But watching it now, this movie takes itself way too serious. And like I've been saying, there are just too many elements. It's like too watered down with so many different things going on and and ultimately for me like just don't really come together very well i mean the three mm-hmm. my feet my three favorite things from this movie are the lady getting her face blown off at the at, like un, in the mask i thought that was cool in the hotel yeah, th- yeah. That, that was that was cool um i think that hotel mm-hmm. to me and i could have just i could be wrong but that looked like the bates motel and i was like all right i'm cool with that i like the bates motel mm-hmm. little little shout mm-hmm. out to psycho and then mm-hmm. it has probably the greatest eighties line ever said in a movie and by by the female lead Ellie or whatever, where she turns to Tom Atkins and she's like, Well, where do you want to say, stay, Doctor? Like that's classic eighties <laughs> dialogue right there, you know, mm-hmm. like going, Oh, he's like, Oh, I'm gonna be a good guy and sleep in the car. But no, randomly out of nowhere, eighties love happens.
3: Well, let's let's just say Let's add to. I, I know underneath all that, your favorite thing is Tom Atkins' mustache.
1: Oh, dude, it's solid. It's strong. <laughs> His that's, mustache game is
3: strong. That's up. That's up there with with Magnum P.I.'s mustache yeah. to me. That's that's pretty 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 solid. There.
1: I mean, honestly, over watching these last two movies with Tom Atkins and At Night of the Creeps and this, like, I. I mean, I I recognize him, and like obviously when he pops up, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I know that guy. But I'm like a, a fan now. Like I think he's actually some. Yeah, like yeah. I, he's now, great. And now he I'm gonna be hunting down ho- other movies of his.
3: Yeah, he loves being in horror movies too. I mean, he has said like he would have just stayed a, a, a horror actor if if he could have. But I think like I I really remember him mostly from Lethal Weapon as a kid, and then just seeing him kind of around. But yeah. His his horror movies are great. I mean, he's great in them. He's he's yeah. I love Tom Atkins.
1: I agree. I thought he was strong in this too, even though the movie around him was a total debacle in my opinion. But he was good.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's he's a supreme talent and we were lucky to have him in this thing. Um but there there is I think that I think there is something about that it is there's a little too much going on. Not quite the the mystery of the of the of the villain, but like, you know, his, his Dr. Chalice is like they want to, like, give you some complexity without doing too much. So he's an alcoholic or a drunk in a sense, like everyone's and he drinks enough, but he's not quite that. Oh, my God. Screen. He drinks so much. <laughs> yeah. But he's like not a drunk drunk. Like he's just he's just a guy who drinks a lot. Right. You know what I mean? Like. You know, he met that homeless guy who who was clearly drunk at the time. So it sort of like yeah. creates this like separation, like oh yeah, he's a he's a guy that drinks, but he's not that kind of drunk. And then like he's obviously yeah, that's like an- a, that's another he has a, he has a bad relationship with his wife. Which which one, <laughs> which line?
1: The drunk guy. I don't have any diseases, mind if I take a sip? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What the f- yeah. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> sorry I, <laughs> but like you you were you were about to make a really good point and i just totally No, it's fine i like that I, the there are
2: there are good moments in this thing that are just like yep that's classic like and uh but like you know so he's supposedly a drunk and he's but he's and he's got a bad relationship with his ex-wife and and he's kind of probably a little bit of a deadbeat dad or at least the way she considers it yeah him. yeah um but like he but he's clearly but he's also it's the stuff that they don't like say overtly, but like he's very charming and all the women, all the other women other than his wife around him, like, you know, they like him, they like his charm. So he's, he's good with women in this, you know, like, so that, that's at least character stuff you can believe he's just kind of good and charming with women. Um, but the other stuff seems tacked on, like, and it's just, it's kind of, I mean, him having kids gives him that little extra motivation, but he, you know, only until he makes that phone call. I mean, I guess he doesn't know what the mystery is until the final moments anyway. But, you know, it's, uh, it's and then they kind of force the love story with Ellie. So it's it's a little much because he's a little bit too old for me for that to be believable. But whatever. Uh, it's I an mean, for her movie. to just There's throw be sex, herself whatever. at him
1: like that, it's a little much. Yeah.
3: Well, you guys, you're for, you're forgetting that this is Tom Atkins. Okay. Oh, no. Right. And everyone should be throwing themselves at Tom Atkins.
2: Well, she's <laughs> like, like, "Oh, my point. dad my dad died. Let me sleep with this guy who's probably as old as my dad." <laughs>
3: like, yeah. See, I found I found his character super interesting while being completely problematic uh looking at it especially from today's standpoint, Oh yeah. for sure. Slapping yeah, nurses on the butt and like, I mean the guy... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like what, dude? The whole the whole like him in this air of sexuality is uh, really interesting. That you know he is this uh, I guess yeah kind of a deadbeat dad who's not really around and then bursts in his ex wife house ex wife's house uh, whenever he pleases and yeah uh, his ex wife is played by Nancy Loomis who of course we saw in. Halloween, Halloween two, uh the Lewis. fog. Uh she was in Assault on Precinct Thirteen, so she's mm-hmm. uh one of Carpenter's uh one of his uh regular actors. Um and she was married to Tommy Lee Wallace at the time. Hmm. But uh and one of the his son is uh what's his name? Joshua John Miller, who was in Near Dark, which we covered a few months ago.
1: Yeah. Oh man, I didn't even put that together. Good call.
3: Yeah.
2: I, did, I didn't realize it until the credits rolled, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, I guess that, you, you know, he was so little, he, he didn't. I don't think it registered. He didn't seem like."
3: And it's a small part, too. yeah. I mean, true.
2: yeah. But yeah, so
3: then we see him at work, and he's patting the other nurses on the butt, and you know, they've got this—I don't know—just sex joke between them, and uh, he's, yeah, he's got—he's definitely an alcoholic, but you never see him drunk. Like he's drinking like what the scene in the bar, yeah. like early on in the movie, that's at like 10 AM. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's just chilling. He's like, just come off his shift and it's in the morning and <laughs> okay, go for it. But you see him like when he goes off with Ellie, like he grabs a six pack, you see him getting bottles of liquor throughout the movie. And yeah, like when he runs into the, into the uh, homeless person in the alley, mm-hmm. um, later on. But, uh, yeah, and then his whole thing with the was it the for, the forensic uh, person yeah, the in Teddy. the forensic lab? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Teddy. Like they've got some kind of either history or a regular flirtation, and she seems like like she's really into him and will do whatever he asks. And like I'm not sure what the backstory is between the two of them. Maybe they. You know, had a fling, and she's still kind of into him. Who knows?
2: They seem casual because she's like, "This is you're going to owe me a lot of dinners, pal." So, and when she when he keeps asking <laughs> favors of her, uh, and I don't think she ever gets up from the stool that we see her in the multiple scenes across a week's time. <laughs> like she's right. yeah. she's always just chilling on her stool. Uh, they probably shot her out in like a day or two. <laughs> uh, on that, and then later,
3: movie. you know. At- after he after he sleeps with Ellie, it's like after he sleeps with her, he asks how old she is, all right <laughs> <laughs> you got that backwards, Tom yeah,
2: so yeah, problematic is but, definitely uh, a good way to describe it,
3: yeah, but at the same time, like I love the guy, I think he's he's great, and uh yeah. Tom Atkins is <clears throat> you know he's also in creep show, and he's good at playing either a complete asshole or like you're just you're really on board with him and Night of the creeps and, and this movie here. And yeah and The Fog as well. Oh, that's another movie. In the fog, he sleeps with uh uh Jamie Lee Curtis is a hitchhiker. He picks her up and they immediately sleep together. Huh. And she's like just after Halloween one, I think. So she's very young.
1: It's gotta be the Yikes. mustache. Does he have the oh, mustache? Oh it has to be, fog? yeah.
3: No, actually he's he's Sans mustache in the uh, in the fog. Well wow. never mind then so it's like you know can you trust tom atkins without a mustache i'm not sure we'll, we'll have to cover the fog at some point and take a look at that yeah
1: look deep we'll have to dive a little deeper into that
3: but um uh, who was yeah, it? who on. was I'm he in, who, who was he
1: in creep show which he's, the, which one he's of the... in
3: the beginning and the end he's the dad that, oh, that like that's
1: that, it yelling at the kid
3: Wrap around storyline yeah exactly oh
1: my goodness all right yep i was like man i can't picture him but yep totally
3: and i think it was creep show and lethal weapon were the first tom atkins things that i remember him in uh and then maybe like bob roberts where he plays like a doctor so uh but he's still going tom atkins is still out there and i think now you know he's he's older now so he's not doing that many appearances but he loves all this stuff and uh you know, we talked about Night of the Creeps being his favorite movie. I think this one this one is tough for a lot of people. I think it seemed like they had a really good time making this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and he liked this character. But I think the movie, which we'll get to later on, uh, left a bitter taste in everybody's mouths for quite some time. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh, but- because of all the bugs and centipedes and murder hornets coming out of people's mouth. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) Uh, uh, But, you know, we mentioned earlier that this was much more of a, uh, in the mode of invasion of the body snatchers. And it's sort of a, it does kind of reference both the, the 1955 and the uh, 1970s version uh, which we covered uh, last year, right, David? Last Halloween we did Invasion of the Body Snatchers. We
2: sure did with Mister Donald Sutherland. He, I mean, he was in the movie. And, he wasn't on our show, but yeah.
3: And, <laughs> right, right, not, not yet. Yeah, <laughs> next time. Uh, and the total package, Jeff Goldblum, Jeffy G.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's 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 subtle and not so subtle references. I mean the the town where the the factory is where the silver shamrock factory is making all these masks and and is based out of is, is, uh, Santa Mira, which is the same town in the original invasion of the body snatchers. Um, the themes are very similar about people being stolen and their bodies being replaced with whatever, uh, you know, in, in that one, it's, it's, uh, like alien beings in this one, it's robots. Um, Uh, Tom Atkins running around at the end of the movie uh, really parallels both Kevin McCarthy and Donald Sutherland uh, running around, kind of going back on offense and trying to stop this thing from happening. Mm. Um, The female lead uh, being eventually turned is another, you know, very much very to me was very obvious parallel to both Body Snatchers Mm -hmm. Um, and uh did you guys did you guys see that coming with 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 Ellie at the end? No, I didn't pay attention to her
2: when he rescued her, so I didn't. And then, but I I, I knew there was some time left in the movie, so I didn't know how this thing was going to end. So that was a delightful surprise for me.
3: Yeah, it was. I thought it was a good twist, and uh, people debate about when she was turned, if she was always a robot, and was. Um, you know, was a robot the whole time, which doesn't really make sense to me because no. why would she have gone out of her way to track her dad down and, and then take the take Doctor Dan up on this, uh, you know this this investigation? Uh, but I think it's fairly obvious that when once she gets taken from the hotel and kidnapped, um, that at some point during there she's killed and replaced.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah, because it seems like the robot was always on the table when he sees her on the the monitor. So, yeah, right. Um, she, or she, they,
3: you know, switched her out at some point. Um, who yeah. knows? Yeah, but you know, once once he once he rescues her towards the end, she doesn't say anything. I don't think she's got any dialogue. So, yep. But what I didn't get though was like, why does she let him and help him destroy everything?
2: Um, hmm. She might have just he, she might have just been programmed to to be the final like in, in case he doesn't in case he succeeds in in rescuing and getting away that the that her orders would be to to eliminate him as just out of revenge that's how I would read it but yeah maybe you know
3: yeah I don't know yeah it's interesting um, I I like the twist at the end though with her I, I um yeah I thought that was well done.
2: I was like, "Oh my god, is he going to go back and try to rescue the original?" Like, what? But like there's no time. Like, what? And it's burned, it's it's no. exploding. Like, "No, what? oh no, it's it's like tragic." Poor Ellie. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um and Ellie was played by Stacy Stacy Nelkin who was uh she was she I believe she was in Manhattan. Uh, Woody Allen's Manhattan and it was another one of his uh young Girls that he dated. She was 16 when when Woody Allen and she were dating. Ugh. So, another chalk another creepy one up for Woody Allen. Mm-hmm. Man, that guy. That guy. <laughs> but she's like, it's nuts how like she, you know, takes to Doctor Dan very quickly, agrees to go on this um, this investigation to find out what happened to her father, who we'd seen in the opening sequence, mm-hmm. uh, and and then. Yeah, throws herself at Doctor Dan once they get to the hotel. Yeah, but yeah. she was all about it. Where do you and they've got quite a love do you want scene to sleep, too,
0: Doctor.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um Interesting. Yeah, I don't know that 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 part doesn't age so well to me.
2: Yeah, not a fan. Yep. There's uh, a lot of those. <laughs> it's and uh, uh, you it's know, like, like they have to have a, a love scene in, in it because it's an '80s horror movie, and so yeah, it felt very forced.
3: Do. Yeah, I mean, there's no love scene in Halloween. I guess there is in Halloween 2 Well, there's a love scene in Halloween one, but not with the lead. Right. So, um, yeah, it was. It wasn't really. I didn't. I think you could have got that connection between the two of them without having. The the love scenes, um, because it just felt so like, okay, we're here in a hotel and boom.
1: I think it plays... And even
3: when they filmed it, like, they had just, really just met each other, so... I think it would have played a
1: a lot better if they would have just played it like a father figure instead of a love interest. Like, it just... Yeah. Yeah. It just would have
2: been a fine... It's a fine way to do it. You don't need that... You don't need this extra thing, an excuse to show her her breast, basically. I mean, like, what's... It, it's pointless and
3: yeah well that was like a mandatory thing it seemed like in 80 a lot of 80s movies in general but especially 80s horror movies that well that's what I mean like of uh, course it that, had to be in there yeah yeah. You
0: know?
1: but if you gotta yeah. if you gotta put it in just do a shower scene just like just have a scene where she's getting out of the shower dude. like you're done well they did like, you know,
3: they, they did
2: have a scene some weird
1: <laughs> saggy, right. balled, saggy balls old man love scene like
2: that's just <laughs> she's it's weird,
3: but I mean, even that, just you know, weird. just those throwaway nudity was was that none of that really ages well. Nope. No,
1: I mean, you, and you don't get that really anymore. You know, like it's just not. It's not really a thing that that uh, I I don't think right. right. There's got to be a just, purpose yeah.
3: for it. There's there's yeah. got to be a reason to do it. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: Because some of these, especially the horror movies, it's so. I mean, it's so blatantly like the director or whoever the studio like just wants a naked girl and that's it. And so you, it's it's forced on everybody. Yeah. Um, I will say just segueing into something else. There is a I don't know if it's one person or a group of people who who I believe I mentioned it last year have created all these parody Twitter accounts for right. lots of uh, horror characters from all of the the Halloween, the uh, the Friday the Thirteenth franchises, but do, they have one for Doctor Dan Chalice, and it is it makes me it cracks me up every time every time I I see it. Right. I'm gonna look it up right now and see what what's up with Doctor Dan on Twitter. Yeah, you
1: should link link it link it in the notes of the of the podcast. <laughs>
3: His, all right so his his twitter his twitter handle is at cochran underscore hater <laughs> <laughs> and his his description is stud doctor lovable alcoholic father to two morons ex husband <laughs> to a ball busting succubus robot killer and master of the mustache game wow
1: it seems pretty wow. accurate they nailed it
3: and the, his his picture is like you know cover photo on twitter is is Dr. Dan grabbing that six pack off of the uh, payphone right before they go up north together
2: <laughs> I love it nice
3: <laughs> it's so funny uh and then he just like his his twitter character just keeps really ragging on uh Cochrane over and over and over it's it's a good time so if you uh get a chance you're on twitter look that up those are those are fun accounts but there's so many like, they have people from the Scream franchise. They have, like, all over the horror community. It, it's a good time.
1: I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to check that out. What's the, it's just, they just create uh, it for each one of the characters, whatever? Is there, like, a Yeah, yeah,
3: character? and they they interact with each other, too. Like, they, <laughs> they talk within the universe. So, like, they were, last year... um uh, sheriff Brackett from Halloween, like he was up for reelection as, as uh, town sheriff, and it was <laughs> like there was a whole lot of discussion between all those about what, like, it, it was just, it was all hilarious about, you know, different things that he believed and why he should be reelected. It, it's, it's, it's a good time. It's all, it's all funny. It's all hilarious. I would love it
1: if the actual actors were the ones putting the comments in. I know, right?
3: <laughs> um Okay, so we also have starring in this movie. We have we talked about Tom Atkins, we talked about Stacey Nelkin, um we have Dan Hurlihy who plays Cochrane. Dan O'Hurley and, uh, I think he Yeah. I, I think he did a great job as uh as this creepy um you know, super villain. I, I, I bought it. What about you guys? i i enjoyed Uh, him very much i liked him
2: he's a he is a you know he's sort of in the shadows for a while before you meet him and he's got kind of a reputation cochran is this you know in charge of this town and whatever and then i don't know like the the the, that all that white hair and his and his stuffy way of speaking and he is nice suit and he just he seems villainous he seems like a perfect threat um that you can't quite place because he's he's kind of nice and gregarious to like Those other, those other, that other family, and you know, you Mm -hmm. you don't buy that he's any more than just sort of like an like a I don't know like a eccentric, a little little Willy Wonka esque, a little eccentric rich guy. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's how I read it, anyway.
3: Well, you're you're always looking up at him too. Like there's, you're always looking up, so he seems a little bit larger than life, and the way he he's like looking through like almost like out of the top of his eyes. He looks very I don't know. He's he's creepy. Like he he's you can tell that there's yep. obviously something going on with him. Yep. Um but a great actor. He's an Academy Award uh, winning actor from uh from years prior to this. Oh, sure. Yeah, he did great. What do you think, Brent? Did you buy him as Cochrane?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think he did a fine job playing a character uh dancing in from left field just random and unnecessary no i'm just kidding no i'm i'm still hung up on the fact that this movie's all over the place guys like honestly like you you introduced this guy later on in the movie and i like for me like i don't know like i just the robots yeah. and like his little army of robots and I it's just like he did fine he was fine but like yeah. I just at no like there's really not a moment in this movie where I'm like oh that makes sense that works for me like all of it I'm just like <laughs> yep. and maybe I was just in a <clears throat> not a great mood when I was watching it maybe I should give it another shot but honestly no. like I'm Don't. just
2: <laughs> like there's just
1: not see
3: I'm I'm just sub- I'm surprised though cuz I I actually would have thought that if you like Night of the Creeps and you're a Carpenter fan, yeah, I just would have expected that you would have been on board with this one. I wanted to be. But I get yeah, I I dude, I do I'm, I'm not going to lie, you. see your point.
1: I I wanted to be on board. I, like I, it's not like I came in thinking like I'm just going to like sh- shit all over this movie, but like I as I was watching it just it, like more and more random things were happening. Like I was okay up to the point, let's see, where did they, like, honestly, I didn't like the first, like, guy dying, but I thought it was cool when they did the hospital thing and the guy went out and, like, set himself on fire. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I think really the point that I totally got turned off is when they ended up at the Bates Motel and it was, like, Melrose Place and everybody was, like, buddies and it's, like, Every, like everybody you almost get these weird characters. Yeah, everybody almost kept running him over with their car, and they're like, "Hey, whatever, yuckety yuck." And then he <laughs> walks into the hotel, and she's like, "Where do you want to sleep?" And I was like, "Okay, this is the wheels <laughs> what, are what is happening. The wheels are falling off." And then it just got weirder <laughs> and weirder with like laser beams yeah. coming off of like little electronic discs, blowing people. Like I like the face makeup, and I like all that, but then with the like i've mentioned it the like the the bug coming out of her mouth out of what's that about and then and then it just like more and more like android parts and i was just like okay i don't get it like if there was like a creepy army of like weird alien dudes that were going around emotionless and killing people like i'd be much more on board but when you start introducing like robots and all this stuff i'm like what is this movie about like what is happening like what are we trying to do here because it was like like, it was all over the place
3: and i was just like i don't know i'm
1: not i'm out of it
2: it's the sci-fi aspect that's putting you off like robots are not traditionally in these horror movies which seem to run a bit simpler too like so i think like because it's a little convoluted and a little bloated and because you got robots, yeah. you know, which you're not. It doesn't seem to be something that, like, fits the genre, maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, I like... You're sort of turned off by it, like...
1: Yeah, I like sci-fi. I mean, I love sci-fi. Sure. And I'm, I'm totally all thumbs up for sci-fi about robots. But this movie is, like, trying to be... Is saying it's one thing, it's showing it's another, and, it like, it's just not for me like the yeah. through line is just like it's all over the place. And so I, I don't know, like there are interesting moments. There are things that I think could have been done that would have made it better for me. But like overall, like I just yeah, yeah like it didn't it didn't really grab me the way that I was hoping it would. And like by the end of it I was like nah. Done. Huh. I'm done with I'm Fascinating. done with this one. I
2: thought you- I really, I mean, I don't know that much about you, Brent. But I thought you'd be. Yeah, I I thought you'd have a better reaction than yeah than you are. This is fascinating
3: to me.
1: <laughs> Nobody's more disappointed <laughs> well, than
2: I am.
3: And and the thing is, like, you're certainly not alone in those feelings. I mean, this movie, uh, that was the you know, for those that even saw it, that was the general consensus. I mean, yeah. this got terrible reviews. It's got torn apart. Um, I don't think you're wrong about that stuff, but I think especially with horror movies you're either on board with it or you're not um yeah. you know because there's so much there's so much suspension of disbelief you have to do with these yeah uh, but that comes with the territory and sometimes everyone's got a different line with it and um yeah. you know some like for it's like me with action movies like david David and I get into it all the time about um how I just really struggle with the believability of modern action movies, but yet I'm okay with 80s action movies and 80s horror movies. It's just, you know, everyone's line is in a different place. And yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not going to, like, argue with you because your your points are all completely valid. Yeah. I just, for me, it, it oh, either... Yeah. Most of it worked for me, but some of those, I guess a couple of those things just didn't bother me that much. Like, there's definitely too much going on in this movie and it's not i mean it's only clear when he, you know, captures Dr. Dan at the end and kind of does the villain speech. Yeah. And lays everything out, you know. He he does the uh, Cochrane does the typical like you get the you capture the hero, walk them through your entire plan, oh, yeah. explain just about everything to him and then tie him up and leave him in a room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh
1: <laughs> the 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 you know the 1960s batman um yeah, like, yeah, sort of yeah. Villainy. and and <laughs> you know the thing is i'm not hating on anybody like i don't like i'm not hating on anybody who liked the movie like obviously there are things oh, sure. in it that are that are fun and interesting but like I, it's lost on me you know and and uh, for this one but you know like yeah i'm i'm glad i'm glad that there are people that enjoy it i I think I may have enjoyed it if it was something that I, like I said earlier, had seen and paid more attention to as a kid. I think, I think the time that I remember seeing it when I was younger, it was just kind of in the background and I wasn't really, really aware of what it was. And so like, it never really put itself in my, um, you know, consciousness at all, you know, like it's just, kind of. and seeing it now, like, again, like I said, it doesn't, it doesn't work for me as like a late discovery cult classic, the same way night of the creeps does, because I feel like it takes itself really serious and, and, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really, uh, for me, it doesn't really connect. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't really work that well for me. Yeah. And so like, yeah, I wonder
3: if it, I wonder if we had, you know, rediscovered this movie back in our college days with our friend Cowboy Mike, who oh, yeah. was like our leader in all things horror. I wonder if then. I know I wasn't ready to get on board with this movie at that time, but I wonder if it would have worked for you had you seen it then.
1: Hundred percent. Like if we would have, if like if there was a drinking game involved. I mean, in college, you know, I don't drink anymore, but in college, well, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, like if there was a drinking game involved, or if it was like you know anything with cowboy mike was like it was like a rocky horror picture show experience like there was like <laughs> just it was like a celebration of moments you know and so like that may have absolutely changed my perspective to have been introduced to it in that fashion but like sitting at home watching it you know earlier this week you know kids asleep in the back room i'm just like i don't know like it's just i i, I think i missed the I missed the window for this one to, to have any kind of uh, staying power for me.
3: Yeah. So you needed college cowboy Mike and a, and a lot of PBR, right?
1: Probably. Yeah. That would have helped. That would have probably (laughs) at least I, you know what? I, at least then I know I would have enjoyed myself. You know what I mean? Like where I didn't really, I didn't really enjoy this. Like, I mean, I like, I laughed out loud at certain moments but you know the intention for that was not meant in in the making of the movie. I just thought it was kind of so ridiculous. I was like what what? So uh but <laughs> yep. you know whatever like that happens. You know you can't love them all.
3: No. Yeah. No you can't. I did think <laughs> I did think that the obviously the plot we've talked about being maybe a little overcomplicated. Um, I did like the general idea of this, you know, kind of insane <laughs> and very annoying Halloween commercial brainwashing the kids. And that was what, going into the movie, that's what I had remem- recalled about it, was that it was it was a commercial that was brainwashing these kids to turn, I thought they were turning evil, but it's actually just killing, straight out killing them with the mask, and turning them into insects and and so on and so forth, but that commercial man the yeah, silver right. shamrock song that'll that'll get in your head
1: yeah and i you know to your point i think that actually like i there are elements of this movie that i think could have been um built on in a way that overall for me it would have delivered better like that halloween mm-hmm. commercial like actually i think is a cool element and the idea of the masks um you know like killing people and stuff like that like I that like kind of works you know it's kind of a scanners type thing going on like I'm all right with that but it's like there's just so many different things going on that I don't think really connect as well for me and so like it's just it doesn't overall like as a whole it's not there but like there are certainly elements
3: that I that I liked
2: yeah, I think it takes Well,
3: I feel like go ahead David. I
2: feel like it's it's it has to do all this time to set up so much stuff and you're kind of like let's get on with it cuz there's not I mean other than like I mean that opening sequence is good in in terms of like establishing that there's a threat out there and these weird guys in suits um that all like reminded me of like Adam Scott, <laughs> the actor. Uh, yeah, yeah, that they're just these, <laughs> like uh, so like that's that. But then you know you I, you spend a lot of time just with Dan uh, and Ellie and just trying to figure things out. And it's I don't know. Like, yeah, I feel like you could cut ten minutes of the movie and maybe like like tighten it up a little bit and then not have to focus on like all this stuff but the setup was crucial because it's like otherwise how do they fall into this thing of like this this weird town and all that so it is it it is. it's got a lot going on that sort of takes away from the joy of what like these kinds of movies could be but like yeah this should have just been called like the terror the masks of terror not be a halloween movie and then it could just be like about what's the what's the deal with the masks what's going on and then you can kind of focus on that instead of like the unraveling like this giant mystery and inserting all this like character stuff that doesn't work. I I feel like, uh... and I
3: imagine too, that, that audiences when the movie came out, were probably all the way through the movie expecting Michael Myers to show up somewhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
3: I can only imagine, I mean, it's Halloween three, the movies about masks, you know, uh, that, that, they were hoping and planning on uh, that character showing up somewhere down the line. But um, yeah. yeah, that just always works against it. I mean, even to this day.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess mean, like that's, that's... if the kills were a little more creative or interesting, I guess that's a selling point for fans. I don't, I don't care either way, but I could like Brent, you sort of like, I seem, you seem bored by these kills and I can totally get it. Cause they're, they're yeah. not as interesting as like some of like what the slasher films can do. So it's like yeah. if it's a it's a movie with murders like, you know, make the murders interesting. Right. Yeah.
3: Well, but I, I thought the, some of these deaths were brutal. I thought they were, you know, they're they're maybe less bloody and gory, but they're they I found it to be disturbing. I mean, especially with uh, yeah. the 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 opening character in the in the hospital with the way he like. Yeah. Oh, stick pulls his, his, his face apart. Yeah. Basically. Yeah.
1: I mean, there's there's moments. It's just yeah, like the the eye the eye thing, and then ripping the guy's head off, and yeah, I don't know. But they're all just like, you know, the thing is also these these android like these robot things. They're just like, like they're kind of the most non threatening threatening looking dudes in suits like ever. You know, like you said, it kind of reminds you of Adam Scott, like you yeah. know, like yeah. If, like i don't know Some they just weren't very most of them did not really play as very menacing to me so i uh, i don't know like i it's
2: just yeah, yeah. i say like that's the point they're like unassuming until they're killing people but cinematically it doesn't really work it, it'd be more interesting if they were all like six five and two 240 you know like as like this yeah. like force but you know yeah so it's 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 more psychological terror that they're like unassuming and like small yeah
1: yeah i mean you're talking about a time in film and and when they were making these movies that it was like large looming bodies like behind matt you know like i mean Mm -hmm. michael myers jason voorhees i mean freddy Krueger is not like a like an overpowering looking guy but the psychological terror of him attacking you in your dreams you know like these guys were just... I mean, it, I don't know. Not not doing yeah. it. Again, I yeah, like the mask right. idea. I like the mask idea, and I'd really like the kill where the lady gets her face blown off, uh, minus the <laughs> bug that comes out of her mouth. But, you know, the problem with the masks is that, I mean, you're covering the damage a lot of times, and they do an okay job with, I think, one kid's head melts or whatever, and it's kind of sells yeah. it, but I, I don't know. Like, uh, yeah. It mm-hmm. was...
3: Well that's when you first see the you know, what the what the plan is and what the masks are gonna do and when they have was it the, the Kupfer family that they um who's touring the 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 factory and yeah. they basically kidnap him, lock him in a room and uh show Dr. Dan like what, what's gonna happen when the the kid who's wearing a mask gets this uh, when the the time goes off and the commercial airs, yeah, um, you finally see the whole thing in action.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: I really enjoyed the pacing of the movie, although it did slow down once they kind of check into the motel. Um, I like the suspense. I like the tension. I like that that build up of like you know there's a master plan here. It's just what is it going to be, and then you know, once, once it all goes to hell at the end of the movie. Um, I was in with that. I think the cinematography for me helped. It really felt like part of the Carpenter universe. It looks like, you know, to me, this looks almost the same as Escape from New York. It's, it's like a very, it's just that Carpenter lighting style that Dean Cundey really nailed so well. Um, and then the the score by Alan Howarth and uh and Carpenter. Um, I thought this is one of their like more favored scores that they've done. Oh, they enjoy this one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, a lot of uh Alan Howarth is uh was Carpenter's like partner, his his uh you know, musical partner and and but as it went on, a lot more of this stuff was more Alan Howarth than it was Carpenter for some of these movies like this and Big Trouble in Little China. But for a long time, Carpenter got all the credit, and it wasn't always totally him. Uh, but I always liked their collaborations. I think this was a good score.
1: I uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but there were like moments in there where the, where like the Michael Myers theme did play, though, right? Like I feel like I remember playing uh, was it at the end of the movie they played it like hmm. well
3: they play it when they're because you see the commercial for the movie so yeah. you hear it there yeah um but i don't think it was used in the actual okay like the actual the rest of the movie all right um yeah the uh, let's talk about those masks so those masks were made by the uh the mask halloween mask making legend don post so he's the he's the guy who did the original you know william shatner halloween mask the tor johnson halloween mask all those ones that from our youth and and from when our parents were younger those uh those original like latex halloween masks most of them were made by don post
1: really well, the, yeah, the, so
3: it was cool that that he kind of uh, stepped in and, and designed these ones specifically for this movie as well. I like the yeah, design of all three. I like
1: that Jack mask a lot.
2: Yeah, yeah, like, like, for sure. The, like they're all so different and and rich and vibrant and everything. Like they're totally pretty cool. Like I don't know, I was, I was a big fan of those designs.
3: Uh, how did you guys feel about the ending of the movie? How do you feel where it where it left off? That ambiguous, did he did it work or did it not work? Kind perfect, of
2: ending, perfect ending for what the what the story is being told. I liked it, like mm-hmm. the not ending with anything definitive. Uh, you know that's that's part of the horror. You don't know, um, kind of thing. So uh, yeah, yeah, I kind of like that because it, it the tension ramps and ramps and ramps and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't. It seems like he's going to succeed, but then. Is there enough time? Will they cut it at the right moment? Who knows? Uh, I like that.
3: Yeah, because he's he's trying to get you know after he's fought off Cochrane and his army of robots and uh, Doctor Dan runs off to the same gas station that the opening uh, the character in the opening scene uh, arrived at and is just calling the the TV companies the the television network to get them to pull the plug on airing those commercials and the countdown's like over it's like one minute to nine and you know they've got three commercials running and they pull two and he's like desperately trying to get them to stop the third one and it's like it's starting it's it's going it's going and he's screaming at them and then it just it ends. And uh Brem, what do you think? Did you enjoy that ending at all or no?
1: I mean, yeah, it's fine. It 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 to me it, <laughs> it,
0: it fits, I love this. I, I love it. It
1: fits with the theme of the movie. Well, like what what why why not? Fuck it. What else, what's going uh, on? Yeah. <laughs>
3: So this is like the typical John Carpenter dark ending uh, that works so well in his in his early films. Um, that, so I really I loved it. I, I I I thought this was the perfect ending as well, David. Um, you know, this, Halloween, The Fog, uh, not really Halloween Two, but The Thing. Um, They've all got dark endings. Even Big Trouble in Little China. uh, They live, have these ambiguous, like, what's going to happen here? Uh, Maybe this isn't the happy ending that we wanted or hoped. But this one, you just don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think M. Knight has proven to us that not always the same (laughs) twisty ending is always a great thing, so this wow. for, for me this might be the same the same case but but in comparison to some of those other like the the ending of the thing is great you know what i mean it's yeah. it's like the perfect ending to that movie right?
3: it really is yeah
1: you know and so like does this movie's ending compare to that i don't really think so
2: like
3: I mean, I well, I I don't think it's on the I don't think it's the same level as the thing, but I feel like it's similar to Escape from New York. Yeah.
2: Sure. And I mean, I get
3: it. it. It's 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 with it's it's within its own um,
2: like it's tuned to itself, you know, like, you know, isn't that what guitarists do if they don't have a tuner? They just do it by ear and then they just can they tune the guitar to the one the you know the e or whatever so at least the yeah. it's with it's consistent with itself even if it's a little off so like this like i feel mm-hmm. like this ending fits this film perfectly like you know like there there's a no better ending for what this film that is trying to do um with like its yeah. complexity and whatever so like, yeah, like for me, this works. Is it a, a fantastic in- ending in general? I don't know. But I think for itself, like, yeah, this is exactly how you, you I think how you should end. It. <laughs> the,
3: the funny the funny part about this ending is that he's in this gas station with the gas station attendant and three kids who are wearing masks. At no point in time does he tell the kids right in front of him to take the masks off.
2: <laughs> I know. It was so t- intense. Like, what? Why? Why? Why is he letting this happen? <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh, uh, Doctor Dan. That gas station
1: attendant, by the way, is also probably one of my favorite characters, next to Tom Atkins. Yeah, he's,
3: he's funny. funny. He's great.
2: <laughs> well, like, um, I'm trying to figure out how far away Santa Mira really is from like where he lives, and because that yeah. gas station is like, I th- I would think that is it's far away, you know, from Santa yeah. Mira, like where the where the hospital so but i don't know it's a weird way to connect it back to the beginning of the movie more or less but uh well
3: yeah in the beginning of the movie the guy ran there basically yeah um it definitely feels like it
2: shrinks
1: shrinks the world right so now (laughs) yeah it feels like it all happened in in a three block radius
3: yeah yeah. and uh and that at that that they they do those shots of like the kids who are trick-or-treating all over the country yeah and all of those shots are clearly like Southern California <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> like,
3: uh-huh. like Detroit or whatever you know yeah um, that was funny the uh, the novelization of this uh, the novelization of this movie does give a, a little bit further uh, info about what happens at the end mm-hmm. and in that. It ends where um, the commercial airs and he can hear like thousands, the voices of like thousands of kids screaming. And that's where it ends. Oh, my
1: God. Have you have you read it? Have you read it?
3: (laughs) Uh, No, I know. I know of it. I don't have that one, though. I think our friend uh, E.K. Wimmer, I think might have it. See, he's been picking up all the Carpenter novelizations lately.
1: Yeah, believe it or not, I bet if I read the book, I would love the book. But as a movie, probably, yeah. I wonder if it's
3: a, yeah. it's one of those that that would make a better book, at least in your case. Uh, yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting. I'd be that's interested
2: all I, to read the book. That's all I thought about while I was watching this, and and more layers were being added to it. I'm like, oh, this would be like a cool, creepy, like story, like you know, a yeah. written story, like more so than a film. I'm gonna
1: have to. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look for that book. I bet I, I bet I actually would actually would would really enjoy the book. I'm gonna have to look the.
3: Well, they opted to go with the ambiguous ending versus the, you know, completely dark, uh, negative ending. So I I was, I was okay with that. I like the question. Uh, Tom Atkins, uh, believes that, that they pulled the commercial at the last second. So when in interviews, he, he advocates that, uh, he saved the day sure he's like he's like otherwise he's like otherwise what's the point of having that character go through all this if you're not going to have him save the day right
1: yeah <laughs> it's a very um, very good thing that,
3: point <laughs> yeah uh another thing that jumped out at me just feeling like a carpenter movie uh in a lot of his stuff especially in the early days these towns feel very empty and the hospital that we see Dr. Dan in the beginning of the movie feels very... It's like they have these hospitals, like in Halloween 2, that there's no patients there. Mm-hmm. It's just doctors and nurses roaming around with nothing to do. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Nobody gets hurt until the villains hurt them.
3: Right. Right.
2: They're the only um, evil in town. Question, yeah. question though, about the town of Santa Mira. Are we to believe, like, like is... Are some of those people human, or are they all automatons? Like, because like they they well were, they're they, all
3: certainly brainwashed. Um, it's hard to tell.
2: Yeah, because like the the Irish the Irish uh, proprietor of the Shannon Hotel, he's clearly like a character. Like, like you know he's he seemed like a human. He doesn't seem to have a a, a, um, a stake in in the game either. Whereas like all the townspeople yeah. were like looking at them funny. So like you know inside a market or inside a beauty salon or wherever they were looking from and so like thinking about it later it's like do do they i mean i guess they work at the factory because not all the people making the masks are automatons and and they have curfews so yeah they must they're just all in on it like they're all this cult i guess right like or you know they're all
3: yeah i think i think they're all part of the cult and they're all um you know believers of sam hain and all of that i I think they're human though i don't think the robots seem to have you know they look like robots they have no personality they can't talk really or when they do it's got no yeah there's no life to it yeah and then cochran did you
2: catch that one part where after he basically captures chalice and then he talks about how like the morning the next morning is halloween morning and he'll be I forget what he says. He's either going to be powerful, or it's going to be really special, or something. But he—it seems like he looked at the camera to be threatening to the audience at that point. And I—yeah, does that—that that, yeah, I saw that. He did do that, right? Like he did look at the camera. Yeah, I love that. That was a great moment. Like, oh shit, he knows he's got he's got full control over what's happening. Uh, I found that very threatening. So, um, yeah, yeah. And then is Cochran for sure like a demon, or I just thought he was like a, a devout like human of, of, of uh, no,
3: I'm pretty sure he's, I, I think he's been alive for like, I, I, there was something that indicated that he's been around a long time.
2: Okay. got it.
3: So I took it. And with I'll, him knowing the whole plan and masterminding it, I I think he was, there was more to him.
2: Got it. Okay.
3: Yeah. I guess, I guess he had those thousands of years to become the greatest
2: trickster, which, yeah, which you know what i gotta give him credit for applauding to chalice when chalice outsmarted him and figured it out, and he- he just applauds like he he was like game recognizing game on like trickery and deception mm-hmm. i yeah. I thought that was kind of neat a little yeah. an honorable moment for the 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 worst
3: yeah. the worst guy ever,
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, and I think in the novelization too it also indicates that he he doesn't die there that stonehenge like beamed him somewhere um or maybe even into like a new body or something but he yeah uh is it will live on
2: it looked like he got digitized or something i'm like oh no he's now he's going to be in the tv sets or something like you could totally do a <laughs> right. a sequel with him being like max headroom
3: <laughs> <laughs> i'd watch that yeah
2: Which i think
1: tommy lee tommy lee wallace directed a couple episodes of max headroom too right so. Oh, yeah, sure. there you go. That
3: how about that? Look at this.
1: That would totally work.
3: Man.
2: How about that? That's,
3: um, so the movie comes out and the reviews are not good. Um, it's, you know, uh, the feedback, a lot of it was like, this movie is very anti, a lot of things. It seems, it comes across as being anti children, anti capitalist, anti television. <laughs> um, you know, anti commercialism. It's it's kind of like poo-pooing all of those things. I mean, it's violence on kids, it's uh you know the evil capitalist uh economy uh controlling everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> um and obviously like watching TV is bad is the other thing they're saying. So um That's so funny. I don't know, do you guys did that did that come did that was that overpowering to you guys watching it? what do you think brent
1: oh uh well the anti-kid thing for sure like I, I thought that that was um i mean kind of the main one that stood out but again um you know definitely uh the other ones i didn't i, I guess i didn't really pick on them, uh pick up on them that much but the, the anti-kid one i did
3: yeah yeah. I, oh, and it's and it's anti-Irish. Why are Why are they picking on Irish oh, people? All of a sudden, don't don't
2: trust an Irishman is the takeaway I got from this movie. <laughs> trust me. <laughs>
3: Never trust an Irishman. <laughs> I'm
2: kidding, I'm kidding.
3: Well, you're on board with uh, Carpenter and Tommy Lee Wallace, I guess. <laughs>
2: um, I mean, is killing kids in a horror movie anti-kid, or is it just you know? Is it just treading ground that's Well, this one is just, like... Like, I don't know.
3: This just really at- attacks, like, they're specifically targeting all children.
1: Yeah, it's just targeted, right? Like, it's just...
3: Yeah. Well, they're the but, vehicle you know, for this though, thing. It, yeah. I,
1: guess, I guess to go back to some... To refer back to the history of John Carpenter, it wouldn't be the first time that he'd done that. So, you know, like, I mean, mm-hmm. Assault on Precinct yeah. 13, like, that opening scene, they're shooting kids yeah. outside an ice cream truck you know and then and then yeah uh, yeah uh, halloween the first halloween movie um i mean i guess in that in that regard the the kid is kind of the one doing the killing but you know right but there's always
3: violence surrounding children yeah. so yeah yeah, yeah. which um, is
1: terrifying like i mean i get it like it's it strikes a chord <clears throat> right like i mean it's yeah you mm-hmm. know like if if no one wants to you know everybody wants to protect the kids so if you if you use that as your as as the the goal of your uh antagonist is to hurt children like it's easy for the audience to to root against them
2: right yeah i'm with you on that like the it's it's it like of all the terrible things you can put on film like i don't know hurt like hurting children seems a little extreme um, but I get right. why they're trying to do that and it's not as uncomfortable for them to to do it but you know it does it's not pleasant f- for me to like witness that but um, because this I don't know maybe I'm starting to understand the language of this this shit now that like I'm now <laughs> I, I'm starting to appreciate this stuff we did it yes like, you like you, you, but it's like i'm I'm, I'm getting the vocabulary it doesn't mean I'm like into it but like You know, I think if this was the first movie we covered, like the first horror movie we covered on our show years ago, I'd probably be like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever fucking seen. You know, like (laughs) I probably would have been like that. Yeah. Now, it's like seeing what what's considered the best of the genre in terms of the mainstream uh, covering that, covering sort of the the parody B-movie version of it, you know, covering The whimsical and and the horrific this one is just like oh this is more middle of the road than anything for me um but but i i kind of get it and you know i i can i'm i i i'm fine with it i guess you know um but like it's for as far as this movie being anti-capitalist anti-consumerism that was a big no-no in the 80s because that was everybody you know the reagan era was consume 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 buy 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 money 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 like you know to speak against that was to speak against america in a sense and um regardless of what like why you would speak out against that you know which is i think something we see in the modern era like it's it's not that crazy to be anti-capitalist or at least wanting to rein in capitalism and consumerism and you know uh and and what like america purports itself to be um so i think it like the, that kind of messaging which i didn't interpret from the movie but seeing it now like or seeing that or hearing that criticism makes me think oh like uh th- th- these people felt attacked by that messaging that wasn't i don't think that obvious i think it was just using i think it was just the the creature using the the tools he had available everyone watches tv kids love halloween kids love candy it's just using the tools i don't I don't necessarily see it as an anti like against that stuff, but I get why mm-hmm. these people are who are pro those things felt attacked by it
3: well, and carpenter would use you know commercialism again, and they live to manipulate and brainwash people, so oh, yeah, I think that is a theme with him, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, that's so overt, it's perfect like i and we should cover that movie sooner rather than later yeah um yeah no yeah doubt. but yeah i think i feel it's a lot more subtle in this but i guess yeah no it, it's totally
3: all there uh let's so they shot this movie in uh the lolita california area and the san fernando california uh area which is not too far from where uh Rican cinema studios is located mm-hmm. um <laughs> they uh and there's some of these locations are they used also in the fog so um you know repeated and so a lot of the stuff is still there um the gas station is still there it's it's changed a little bit but um it's kind of under the 5 and the 14 like right in that area huh you guys will know where that is yep um the factory was uh, a milk factory called familiar foods uh, which I don't know if that's still there. I heard it was, and then I heard it had been torn down. So uh, I'm not sure if that one's still there. The uh, <clears throat> should we talk a little box office too? Sure. You guys ready to hit that? Yeah. yeah. I'm right.
1: curious. I'm curious.
3: Well, it's not as bad as I thought. So the movie is released on October 22nd, 1982. Um, you know, 82. We've we've talked about it before as a big. Big year for movies. A lot of huge movies came out that year. Um, they had a $2.5 million budget and comes out with a $6.3 million opening weekend. Ooh. So it it did it did make money. So at least it had that.
1: 100% everybody that went to go see it was looking for Michael Myers. Like, there's no, no.
3: way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. There's no I'd way. have to see the commercials. Well, look.
2: I'd have to see the commercials. The... Um, <laughs>
3: no i I don't think the commercials led you to believe michael myers was in it but i think the expectation was still there i I don't think that changed um yeah so it has a 6.3 opening weekend but ends up with a grand total all time of 14.4 so it it uh didn't go much further than than its opening weekend Yeah. yeah um it did open up number two against first blood so uh those are the two wow. new movies that weekend and were the top 2. Uh but this one quickly sank very very fast. Uh it, w- it ended up being number 51 of 1982 between Pink Floyd's The Wall and Absence of Malice starring Paul Newman. Yeah. Um and box office wise as far as the Halloween movies and financial numbers go, this ranks way down at number 8. Uh which is uh, falls between Halloween 6 and Halloween 5. So that is uh not good. Oi. Well. Wow. Yeah. Not not pretty numbers. I mean it started off okay, enough to make a profit, but um and I think now uh I I don't think for, for our whole upbringing, I don't think this movie did really any significant numbers on video rentals. Yeah. You know, maybe a little bit, but uh it had such a bad reputation and uh, for forever. And, and only recently with the, the DVD and the Blu-ray that came out that um, I think probably starting to pull in a little bit more money on, on home video.
0: Yeah.
1: I think people are just searching for obscure horror movies to fall in love with so they can feel like they discovered something. Well...
3: That's yeah, well, look, there's only whoa. a certain amount of '80s horror movies, and you know they're they. You can't go back and make more of them, so I yeah. think people are really willing to forgive a lot of the stuff that they give a, a hard time to, and uh, appreciate it for whatever it is.
1: Yeah, yeah. Were we gonna? Like were I, we gonna? I thought uh, not to not to hop off the box office thing, but were we gonna rank these? Like, where 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 we feel like this one? Yeah, that's. The, I was gonna Halloween lead there game. next. Oh, okay. Sorry. I didn't want Yeah. To where? Jump the gun. So, right.
3: Brent, you go first. Where? Where does this? So, how? First of all, how many of the Halloween movies have you seen? And we're not talking. Don't even bring up Rob Zombie. Just don't do it.
1: Well, I'm gonna bring up Rob Zombie only in when I rank Ooh. these. But I, I've seen all of them.
0: Mm.
3: Okay.
1: Yeah. So this all one. Right. This one squarely sits like without a shadow of a doubt uh at the end of (laughs) all the first run halloween's and and like even h2o um and right before the rob zombie ones so it is like rob zombie made two movies right so this is uh yeah this is this is third from the very very end
3: so you're saying the the Halloween Resurrection with Busta Rhymes yep. is better than this one? Yep. You're kidding me.
1: I'm not kidding you at all. <laughs>
3: all right, we're gonna have to off air. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to argue it out over that, <laughs> dude. <laughs> it's got
1: Busta. Are you kidding? I. Yeah, man. From a straight like look, from a straight enjoyable fun factor, like I get it. Like Halloween Resurrection is garbage, but that's the one. That's the one where they're like kind of it's Saw-esque they're trapped in a house and they're like videotaping it and it's right it's like a reality show type thing is that what's happening mm-hmm. in that one? I yep. feel
0: like that's yep. what's happening in yeah that yeah one. oh boy yep. <laughs> oh no I don't
1: know man for me for me like in the in the pantheon of of like horror franchises like that one to like that Busta Rhymes Resurrection Halloween has a A more, uh, has a better place in, in, in like the, the, the world of franchises than this Halloween three does. Like, this is just so random and not tied to any of it. Um, you -hmm. know, like if you were going to ask me, like, just from a separate movie standpoint, like this one might be a little bit further, but we're talking about ranking them within the Halloween franchise and like this Mm -hmm. is. This is not a Halloween franchise movie. It's like it's just not like it's a it's a movie that has nothing to do with Mike Myers or the Halloween franchise. Like it's just a it's a one-off. So for me, yeah, it's it's definitely at the at the tail end. Now, again, as a as a as a movie goes, like it might be better than Resurrection, but it doesn't it doesn't belong in the same conversation as ranking Halloween movies, I don't think, cuz I just don't consider it that
3: dang okay yeah that's fair i i mean i see that i see that case for sure um what about you david uh i know you probably haven't seen all of them but uh of the ones you've seen where do you rank this i've
2: seen one two and three and and the new one well the new one but i mean i thought we're not counting like the the newer stuff well whatever I mean no no
3: I, I I I was just saying no rob zombie but the new you know the the new one from 2018 yeah that counts for sure Oh sure
2: yeah I don't remember what I said on Hall- with Halloween 2 if we ranked then I don't know but like for me it probably goes it probably goes the original Halloween I don't know it might just it might just go with the remake Halloween and then Halloween the original Halloween and then probably 2 and then this like just cuz there's a limited amount of of films. I'm sure as I get further in the franchise, this will rank higher than some of them. But, uh, yeah, for entertainment value and for whatever, like just because it that these don't have a, a, a deep meaning in my heart. Like I'll take the remake first and then, yeah, the th- Halloween three last it'd be, you know, so that, that would probably how it would all go. So the remake, well, sequel, I'm sequel,
3: going to, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have a very different opinion from you guys. You know. uh, <laughs> I <laughs> I really I loved this movie. I had a really good time with it. Nice. Uh, you know, faults and, and all. I I recognize those, but they really didn't bother me. Um I I put this as uh this is my second favorite of the franchise. Whoa. Second
0: Whoa. favorite of the
3: franchise. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, this went right this went right past uh, the newer Halloween and Halloween 2 for me I really uh, I really enjoyed the tone of it And the thing is This is the most relevant to actual Halloween This mm. is actually more relevant to Halloween Than the Halloween franchise is
0: mm.
3: Mm. Like this has to do with the actual holiday of Halloween Those movies are just Shit that happens on Halloween <laughs> But those are all Halloween
2: movies uh. Lowercase. They are right. well,
3: well. It's it's like a it's like a uh, they're they're separate ways to look at it. But this actually deals with the actual holiday. Ah. So from one point of view, interesting. This is more of a Halloween movie than the the Michael Myers stuff because that's just that has nothing to do. Well, I take that back. It doesn't. Uh, if you really read like the novelizations, and we talked about it in our Halloween episode, yeah, uh, back in year one uh there 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 is a tie in there but in the movies it's not as obvious um it's just that this stuff is happening on that day right so i don't know that's my that's my thought Huh.
1: Uh, for me it's like take... i i'm going
3: i'll i'll rank them all just for fun here so for me it's halloween halloween 3 uh i'm going to say halloween Two, then the 2018 version then 4 then it doesn't matter cuz they're all shit after that uh 5 6 i like i probably h2o5 i like five. 6 a lot yeah.
1: because of because of Paul Rudd but that's that's uh, just Paul,
3: but, but 90s Paul Rudd is not like the 2000s Paul Rudd yeah but
1: see here's the thing i have i have a so in High school. I was an extra in a movie. This is 1996, so I'm old as fuck. But in 1996, <laughs> uh, after after high school, I went and I I was an extra in this movie that Paul Rudd was in, Jeremy Davies was in, Vince Vaughn was in, and it was like this. We we're out in was that a
3: was that Tom Selleck was he in that too and Kate Capshaw?
1: Kate Capshaw was in it. I don't recall Tom Selleck yeah. being in it, but what it was yeah, is it this? was. It's called The Locusts. It was filmed in Rosenberg, Texas, which right, is about right. 40 minutes away from from where I grew up in, in outside Houston. And uh-huh. um, I was in the... This is before Paul Rudd. The only thing Paul Rudd would have been recognized from at that point was Clueless, right? Like, he hadn't really done anything. Right. He was not yeah, the guy right. that he is now, where he's, like, yeah. you know, world famous. Uh, I mean... At, oh,
3: don't forget... Don't forget the Game Genie commercial. I don't even know. Uh, you can find yeah. that on YouTube. <laughs> I'll have to look that no. up because I'm not familiar a, <laughs> with it. It's just a super... You know, Nintendo I mean, Vince, sure. Vaughn
1: at, Vince Vaughn at the time was not even... Like, he had just done Swingers. And it he right. actually... He met... Like, on the set, he met Kate, Couch, Kate Capshaw. that's how he met Spielberg and got cast in, in Lost World. I mean, that's how like he kind of broke mm-hmm. into his thing. But anyway... Long story short, too late. But I was in the costume trailer, the makeup trailer with Paul Rudd. Super funny, cool guy, and like he just was like down to earth and chill, and like hanging out, like talking about the heat, just like killing, killing time while he got his makeup done, and they were cutting the sleeves off my shirt or whatever they were doing. And uh, so from that point on, like I've always been a Paul Rudd fan. So like Mm -hmm. for for me. Uh, what is it? The Curse of Michael Myers, which is Halloween 6, which he is in, mm-hmm. Uh, I am a fan of because of my of my uh, this story, basically. But but yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Like it's a joke. And Paul Rudd was not famous at the time when he did <clears throat> that movie. But, uh, you know, it holds it holds a, a spot in my in my heart because of because of that history. For sure.
3: Well, that makes sense. I, yeah. I, I'm I'm with you there. Well, and we'll get to it in about three years. We're going to be covering uh, that, so everybody stay tuned. It's
0: true.
1: <laughs> Everyone will know the brilliance of Paul well, Rudd and Curse of Michael Myers.
3: And that's going to be your timeline because you're going to have to reconnect with him. And, you know, say, Paul, remember the makeup trailer? You and me, we were... Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, we we've got a podcast. We want you to come on and talk about Halloween Six. When
1: I was at Imagine, I, it almost happened. It almost happened because when uh, uh, when I was at Imagineering, we were doing uh, Ant Man and the Wasp, which uh, was a ride that opened up in Hong Kong Disneyland uh, about a year and a half ago, and uh, obviously we had to uh, film Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly for for the ride and. Um, I didn't end up going to the shoot because the shoot was in Atlanta and I didn't need to be there, but, uh, there was, there was a, there was almost the opportunity for where to which I would have met back up with Paul Rudd and awkwardly could have been like, Hey man, remember me? We sat in a trailer in 1996 talking about how hot it was, uh, but it didn't happen. So we're just going to have to look for another time.
3: All right, well, uh you got 3 years to make it happen. So, yeah. there we go.
1: <laughs> I'm working on it.
3: All right, well, Paul Rudd aside, uh I really enjoyed Halloween 3. I recommend it. I think uh there's many people who have not given it another chance. I think you should. Uh I uh, again, I liked it. Uh what do you guys think?
1: Um I'm going to I'm going to say hard pass. Hard pass. Ooh. <laughs> hard pass.
3: Okay.
2: Uh, I'm gonna say if you're if you haven't seen it and you are if you enjoy mediocre horror movies a, a little more than a reasonable person should then this should be on your <laughs> radar because <laughs> this I enjoyed this for what it is and uh, you know whatever and now now it's now I've seen it <laughs> like, but I enjoyed it and I don't need to see it again yeah this is great like <laughs> check another yeah, one off
1: exactly. It- I think that sums it up right there. You never need to see it again, right? Like, so you're, that's
2: like most of these movies though. Most of these Halloween episodes, most of my Shocktoberfest movies are fall in this range. So don't, you know, I'm not the, I'm not the arbiter of these things, but certainly for me. Fair enough.
3: (laughs) Well, I think, I think the hardcore fans are, you know, a lot of the hardcore fans already love this movie, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's uh it's really it's it's one you really do need to check out and see yeah and just to see what it is, what happened, why did it um you know, what is the whole deal with Halloween 3? Uh so give it a shot. Um Jack Burton's, let's do that real quick. I uh Yeah. Out of 0 to 13 Jack Burton's, I have a guess of what Brent's going to say, but <laughs> I'm going to say for me, I'm going to give it a I'm going to give it a, a 9. Nine, nice. 9 Jack Burton's. 9 Jack wow. Burton's. Great. I'm like a
2: yeah. I'm a solid 7 on this one. Solid 7.0. Okay.
3: Yeah. Right smack in the middle pretty much. More or less. Yeah. Yeah. Man.
1: How low are you going, Brent? I'm going to well, it's Halloween 3, so I'm going to go with a 3. Ooh. That's okay. where, that's, Whoa. that's where I'll that's where all I'm right.
3: So, we so don't we're do- spread all over.
1: Yeah, we're split. Yeah. It's all right because that's I I I think I think we perfectly sum that up uh, in our conversation today. That that I love it. We we are we are on two different sides of of this, and 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 David's securely riding in the middle.
2: Yeah, that's where I belong. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's all right, though, John.
3: Well, I, uh, I still
1: love you. I still love you, buddy.
3: <laughs> and same to you. We we can agree to disagree, and it's all good. Hundred percent. Unlike our political system, <laughs> we can we can be amicable while disagreeing about something. Absolutely.
0: Very true. Very <laughs> <Yeah>. true. <laughs> um,
3: all right, guys. So we are we're going to wrap things up now. But thank you guys for tuning in for our Shocktober twenty twenty. It feels like all year long has been Shocktober, but um, (laughs) we really had a good time looking at Night of the Creeps and Monster Squad, Nightmare on Elm Street, and now Halloween 3. And I'm already looking forward to next year. Clearly, we're going to do Halloween 4, but maybe Nightmare on Elm Street 2 will work its way in there. So uh, we'll we'll come back to that down the road.
1: That one's going to be exciting.
3: Um, Yeah, yeah. Uh, quick uh, shout-outs and, and plugs here. Thank you to our friends uh, E.K. Wimmer, as usual, for the theme music. And don't forget to check out his podcast, Laser Graves, anywhere you uh, get your podcast. Uh, your podcast, And our friend Curtis Moore for the poster. Thank you for that, as usual. It's always uh, always awesome that he does that for us. And uh, don't forget to check us out on social media. We're at Reconciliation Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you can find us at www.reconcinemation.com and check out our back catalog and and our library of episodes. We've got Halloween, Halloween 2018, Halloween 2 in there, and now Halloween 3 joins in. Um, and uh, find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, Podbean. We're, we're everywhere. So if you can, drop us a rating and a review and that would really help the show out. So, uh, that being said, guys, um, I'm gonna step out and go pick up some silver shamrock masks for my kids right now. Oh my! Uh, so, gotta my get children? it before nine. <laughs> 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 All right, guys, we will uh, we will see you next time on Reconcinimation.
2: Take it easy. Bye now.
1: Sets for the marathon and remember the big giveaway at nine. Don't miss it, and
2: don't forget to wear your masks. The clock is ticking. It's almost time. Happy
0: Halloween! Happy Halloween!